You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Talk Your Jits podcast. This podcast is, as name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I am your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a fourth degree black belt who trains at North Valley Aikikai, located in Northridge, California. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Louis Cercetis. <laughs> Great pronunciation. Good job. Thank you. That's thank awesome. you. Thank you. Welcome. Well, thank you to be, you know, part of this. This is a pretty cool experience. Yeah, I um, appreciate let's, it. Let's talk about some jujitsu. Uh, you know, whatever you want to know, whatever you think I can uh, either, you know, speak on or, or clarify or lie about. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but yeah, <laughs> whatever. Right. It's great. But most definitely. But um, you can go ahead and start. Just kind of give us like a... um you know, your your training history, you know, when you started and everything else, and we can, you know, just ride from there. Sure. I got a kind of interesting little story. I've done martial arts my whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my, my dad's a black belt, and, and, you know, it just, I grew up literally doing it, like going to the dojo uh, every couple of nights, you know what I mean, throughout the week, my entire existence, you know, until I got old enough to be stuck in a class. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, it had a very interesting experience specifically when I was like seven, right? So I'm there and I'm watching this guy come in the door and he talks with our instructor and they do like this little side kind of demonstration was the best way to put it. And they started like, let me show you what I do when you this, mm-hmm. right? And it was on the ground. And um, it was amazing. And the guy says, and I'll never forget this. That guy says, we have techniques. If you are on your back in the sand with a guy on top of you, you can still win. Hmm. Mind you, seven years old, right? Right. I heard this. I'm like two feet away from this because I was like near the little like crash pads that they were sort of using to roll around on. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought, how is that possible? Like, I had already been in fights by that age. Like, I got older cousins. I remember being, like, pinned to the ground and things like that. And I'm right. like, how is that even a thing, right? <laughs> and I'm used to the karate that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And we got this soul, like, punch and kick style. It's pretty effective. But then there's some times where I'm like, I just don't think that's going to work, right? Right. You know? Mind you, seven. So I see this demonstration. And they go back and forth. And this guy really significantly manhandles my coach but not in a necessarily like mean way right Right. Mm -hmm. i mean there was just nothing he could do he flopped and thrashed and twisted and this guy was perfectly in position and finished him or something they stopped each time and they were like a surprise and and like wow what, what was that sort of a thing right right So that stuck with me my whole life. And I remember that day specifically, and it kind of went away because we never really touched on that again too much as I continued to train with the same group of people, right? Mm -hmm. And we went, as I got older to teenager and seeing them fight and seeing them win championships and and seeing all these things. And I did the same thing that they did. And that was just like a tiny little instant pin drop of 
what I heard because I remember this guy talking and he had long hair and a big mustache and dark skin and he talked with an accent. And I, again, being seven, thought he was from the Middle East, right? Mm -hmm. And he said the word jujitsu, mm. right? But he also pronounced it differently. He said jujitsu. Jujitsu. <laughs> Very specifically, right? Yep. So, so I, I remember there was a kid in school who had a flyer. And it, I remember reading in elementary school jujitsu. And I went, wow, if that's what that guy does and hearing what he did, I don't ever want to like mess with this kid. I remember that, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was like, he just had a flyer like, hey, I'm going to go here or I'm just going to start going there. And I thought, OK, that was cool. But I remember how effective it was. Right. Mm -hmm. It was completely, entirely effective. And it seemed like like you just broke arms and finished this guy. Right. No right. matter what. So flash forward, I continue training and continue doing the styles that I'm doing boxing kickboxing karate right boxing kickboxing karate with muay thai but like the dutch style mixed into this because of the place i came from was a, a not quite a mecca but yeah a mecca and a gathering point for some significant people that did kickboxing and thai boxing from around the world they came here to los angeles and they trained with us at this place okay so i go in the navy right i'm 17 I continued to kind of train a little bit and I couldn't find a martial arts place anywhere. And finally I found one. And my dad was always on me about, we should turn, learn wrestling. We should learn how to, you know, do some wrestling, some kind of thing like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was kind of cool. And he would always be on me. You know, he came to visit me in San Diego and he broke out the phone book and was like, see, here's a place. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, Because it is just how he was with martial arts. So, you know, I'm there and I meet this guy by chance at a uh, at a movie premiere and they're doing a martial arts demonstration and he taught a class and it was local and I, I ended up started going to that class and it was a class for for guys who were either in law enforcement or teaching in some fashion of, of martial arts and it was a class that covered jujitsu movements. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was incredible, right? So there was this older guy, and he was in his 50s and at the time. And he wasn't really in good shape, but he had about 150 classes under his belt, right? Mm -hmm. He came religiously once a week, once a week for however many years and however many classes. This guy just came, and he didn't, you know, wasn't in any kind of shape. But he got into a situation where this party got out of control. He ended up sort of fighting a guy and was able to hold him inside of what we called the guard and and keep himself at least safe until other cops got there to sort of help him. But it was a big, huge deal. Right. Mm -hmm. And the very next week, the very next week. He had my friend who owned the school, a gentleman show up. And that guy was the guy that taught my friend. And he was a guy by the name of Roy Harris in San Diego. Okay. And he covered a few movements on the ground. And I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is what I saw when I was a kid. This is that stuff. Hmm. Right? This is now like around November of like 93. Right. Mm -hmm. But I had been training since around September with my friend and 
we just covered these movements, but we didn't necessarily call them anything, right? Mm -hmm. He was part of the course that he was teaching. It was just ground fighting is what he had said, right? Right. But he had been taking privates from Roy. And Roy was a student at the a police academy at the time or had just graduated or some something along those timelines. So that's how my friend met him. And that moment I went, wow, I fully understand what's happening here. Like I can learn this stuff. Like this is simple and this is effective and this is what I saw. Well, lo and behold, do you know who it was that I saw and who it was that was there in 1970 doing a demonstration with my instructor? I, I, I think I have a general idea. <laughs> None other than Hori and Gracie. Ah, uh, yeah. Wow. So, flash forward, 1993, I'm like, this is it! Where are you and how do I get there? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm in the Navy and I find this class once a week, right? Mm -hmm. My command changes and I go to a ship and I'm on a ship with a mixed group of people. We also deploy a contingent of Marines and we have a platoon of SEALs and we have a platoon of force recon guys. And there's about 1500 people on the ship total ships crew and broken up between other people and other stuff. And one day we're at sea and we're on our way to Hawaii and the seals are working out down below in this area. And they got a bunch of mattresses strewn out and I'll be damned if those dudes aren't doing jujitsu. Nice. And I was like, oh, my God. So I, like, kind of creep over around the edge. And I'm like, hey, uh, uh, um, guys, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm about to get off work in a, you know, half hour. You know, if you guys are still going to be here, can I, you know, like, maybe <laughs> come down and, and, and maybe do some of this stuff with you? You know what I mean? Like, I, I trained a little bit before. And they're like, yeah, man, it's cool, whatever. You know, like, one more dude to beat the shit out of, right? It's going right. to be fine. Right. So I change and I run down there and I was able they were just finishing up, but I was able to roll with one of their guys and and he beat the crap out of me. But I was still able to, like, actually do jujitsu back with him for a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. Mind you, still still new enough to where the other guys were like, hey, man, that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like we down here again. You can you can come down here, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool. And then only a couple of them were like really into into martial arts. So at the end, we kind of break up and, and one guy goes over and starts lifting weights and I happen to just be talking to him. And I was like, hey, man, you know, when we get back, if uh, if you want, we can go up to L.A. and I'll call my dad. And, you know, I mentioned this place and I told him, you know, we can go do some training with some guys and, you know, have some lessons and whatever. And they were kind of like, what? And I was like, yeah. So when we get back, I can call my dad and he can arrange like basically privates with some serious champion dudes. You know what I mean? For nothing, because they're my friends. You know what I mean? And they're mm -hmm. like, really? Holy shit. You know, like, right on. You know, so right. a couple of them, right after that, were like, hey, man, you want to go shooting with us? And I was like, well, yes. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds great. So on that <clears throat> deployment, we developed this friendship. And a few of them, we trained every single day. Ah, I love we're it. Then we got back to San Diego and they were like, well, who did you learn from? And I was like, I know this guy down at Pacific Beach, Roy Harris and whatever. And I took my friend 
And my friend was like, man, I better not be able to kick his ass. If this guy's for real, he's going to beat the crap out of me, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, don't worry, it'll be fine. I really think it'll be cool. Like, <laughs> you know, because back in the day, you know, most of the time, and this is a problem with current, like, world's jujitsu and also with beginners, is that people are like, let me see if this stuff works, right? right? And the next thing you know, it's like Crunch City. Ah, you know, ah, you know, and it's a mess. And then my arm doesn't work for a while. You know what I mean? And then I can't train or that guy beat up the other guy in class that's coming and paying. And now, you know what I mean? Just because you wanted to tap him all crazy and he didn't even know what that was. You know, and he's like, let me resist a little bit. Now my guy can't pay anymore. You know what I mean? So, right. So, so my friend's like, you know, I better not be able to kick his ass. And I was like, dude, I really think it's going to be cool. Right. Just, just trust me on this. He's like, all right, all right. And this guy's a black belt. I'm like, I don't know. He didn't say it was a black belt, but still, I don't really know. But he's really good, man. He trained with a lot of people. So we, I take him down there and we go and we take some, start taking like official lessons, like once a week on Sundays and uh, from Roy, from Roy himself. And Roy was able to be perfect. He was like a college professor, you know, mentality, totally broke everything down like a scientist, um, really put out some good information. And, you know, we had a good amount of time to train. These were like two and a half, three hour classes. And uh, so fast forward to the following, you know, few months later, and we actually deploy. And back then it was like a information vacuum, right? This internet generation and everybody gets to see any movement they want or some shit. If you wanted to learn something, your ass needed to come to class back then. Right. That's how it was, (laughs) you know, it needed to come to class. And also that stuff wasn't taught. There was like, okay, everybody, let's do 50 push-ups, 50 jumping jacks, 50 crunches. Okay, one person on their back, one person in their guard, past the guard. Okay, then switch. Okay, but what do we do? (laughs) Okay, but how do we do that? Right. Okay, what happens? I've been here for three minutes. You see what I mean? Right. And Roy wasn't like that. Roy taught. And that was the first thing that I noticed. See, I just went and started taking classes and I knew that I was getting something good, but I didn't know how good. Mm. I didn't had no idea how good. So now flash forward, my dad and I are sharing information and I go back to this kickboxing place and I lay waste to a bunch of people who were like, you know, untouchable guys where I'm like, yeah, dude, see, you can't like, this is, Everything that we know is pretty much stuff that really ain't going to help us when this stuff starts happening. Right. We can try all we want. You can try really hard, but it's a whole different story when the guy's on top of you, (laughs) you know, with a plan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's on top of you with a plan. (laughs) You know, it's, it's not just whatever. We can't whatever we used to before. So, so, um, you know, I, I go back and now my dad and this school is kind of, uh, um, having a lot of, of like mismanagement issues. There was some issues with the building, things like that. And the school kind of dissolved and my dad sought out the local and was recommended by that school in general. Some people went to one area of town, but it was a little bit far. And, and this other jujitsu place who the people that my dad got his black belt from and trained with, they recommended. Mm-hmm. And um, they were a really prominent early on school. 
happened to be a few blocks from his house. So he cruises down there and he starts taking lessons. He eventually made it to Blue Belt with the old school way. Like, you know, all right, everybody against the wall. We're going to give out a belt tonight. Like those days, mm. you know, back in the early 90s. So um, I come home on leave and I go to his school with him. And they were really nice to me, but sort of, right? It was just another person that they could kind of try their stuff on and maybe try to, you know, I don't know whether it's impose their will or like just do jujitsu against somebody else competitively. Mm -hmm. So some of the family members were kind of cool. Some of them were nicer than others. And before I had went up there, I was telling my coach Roy, hey, you know, I, uh, I'm going to go up and see my dad. I'm going to take some leave before we deploy for good. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to go train at this place. And he says, oh, you might not want to tell him that you train with me. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, because I used to train there and some stuff went down. And the Brazilians, and this also plays so much relevancy to today with this statement of how much things have changed. Mm -hmm. He says... Um, basically tells me a story about them kicking him out. Why? Because when the Brazilians were first here, they were competing in Sambo tournaments. Yeah. And because they were competing, and it was the only game in town in Sambo tournaments, my coach Roy had befriended a Sambo practitioner, very high level, that went to UCSD where Roy was teaching. And he taught Roy the footlock. Oh... And he taught Roy the footlock on an incredibly high level because he was high level. His name was Nick Batruin, right? Okay. And he knew everything there is to know about the leg. And he was also very good at the judo section and the aspect of throwing. So there were some of the family members that struggled with him in those Sambo competitions. Some won and some did not win. And they truly believed that Roy was teaching them the jujitsu that he was learning from them and learning the leg locks from this man as well. And they said that it's really not fair that I have to compete directly against this guy and he's learning the techniques that he wouldn't know otherwise than you were working with him in this way. So it more was a misunderstanding because it technically wasn't Roy, there was actually two other practitioners that trained with that family that were sharing the information. Roy was just training with him and necessarily learning from him the whole leg lock game. Mm -hmm. So it was really frowned upon to use leg locks, period. Like, at all. You don't do them in your academy. One. Number two, I don't care, straight, bent, twisted. Uh Uh-uh. You don't do them. You hurt somebody, you don't get to train again for like however many months. Oh. Like it's a big deal. So Roy tells me that I shouldn't mention it. I said, well, I don't think that's really honest because you're the only reason that I really know jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And you're the reason that like you taught me all of these things. So if they would ask, I would, I would tell them. And, you know, also prideful, but, you know, I, I didn't see a reason to pretend, you know, and I didn't think that that was really cool or whatever. I don't know what happened, but he just, he seemed like he had done a lot for me. 
and mm-hmm. I wanted him to also know that I wasn't going to pretend that I didn't, I didn't uh, learn that from him. Right. So he says, "Really? Well, he goes, why don't you, why don't you stay after class? <laughs> <laughs> so he has me stay after class. And he says, if you're going to go there and tell him you trained with me, then you might as well know my signature. So he taught me the leg lock. Mm. A lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, a lot, a lot. Okay, so mind you, this is 1994. And I am on leave. I come up to LA. I train at this school. And it was interesting because I went to the mixed group class with color belts too. And the instructor specifically picked who I was to train with. All of them were like a large and experienced blue belt who had like one intention and that was to do the jujitsu that they practice very hard, fundamentally sound, kick your ass, old school, good position jujitsu. That's the best, that's the best kind of jujitsu. Yeah. They wanted, (laughs) you know, they weren't about to not let me have it. Right, And I was able to like be neutral sometimes with some of the guys and it was like, okay. And then I was able to footlock a couple of the smaller guys. (laughs) Mm. So they weren't exactly mean, but they weren't exactly friendly. One of the family members was very nice, said some really cool things before I left and also told me that story. And he told me to, from his perspective, he's like, yeah, I know him. He's a nice guy. Roy Harris, you know, he goes, um, you know, it's not fair that he, you know, is teaching Nick and I have to compete against this guy. And I was like, okay, you know, I see that, whatever. But he didn't hold it against me or for me or anything like that. He was just nice about it. And the brown belt at the time, who went on to create a pretty big organization, the brown belt at the time was like, yeah, Hoy Harris, Hoy. It's always referred to as Hoy, H-O-Y, right? right. Not Roy, Hoy. Right. Hoy Harris, yeah, I know him. <clears throat> he almost broke my leg. <laughs> 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 he almost broke my leg. He has white belt. I go with him very gently, and he take my leg. He almost break. And then I choke him three times just like that. (laughs) (laughs) So I hear the story from Roy. I'm like, you know, here's what happened. He said, kind of like pauses. and He's like, yeah, sort of. He goes, he started it with like a, you know, you can get out of those leg locks that you do. Watch, put me in one. So that's more. (laughs) And because he says, put me in one. He, you know, to try to prove that he can get out of it. And Roy was able to like finish it and then finish it again and then finish it. And then when he goes, you know, normal as a brown belt, he didn't have this, you know, he had way more skill to just outskill him and do the jujitsu and not let him do any of the things that he knew, even if they're tricky moves. You know what I mean? Through sound fundamental positioning and head posture and, you know, overall control. You don't let the guy get to the things that, you know what I mean? He's there. And as a white belt, he doesn't necessarily have the escaping or the body positioning or the things that make it so he can fend off those sorts of controls to apply one of the tricky things. You see what I mean? At yeah. that at that time. At the time, right. Right. But the whole put me in it. Let me see if I can get out. And, you know, then 
not being able to because of the mechanics, because of the way it's doing it. Right, exactly. (laughs) So that jujitsu became, you know, a little bit back and forth with leg locks, no leg locks. You're not allowed gi, no gi. What do you mean you to train without a gi? We just trained without gis because we didn't have them in this, like, uh, um, what was it, an aerobic studio we were training in, right? We had mats in a closet. And and we just wore shirts and T-shirts and shorts and, and, and you know, basketball shorts or whatever. You know what I mean? It just was like that. This was pre-fight. Like, this is pre-like fight gear, like compression shirts and rash guards and stuff. Are you kidding me? I'm going to venture. I'm going to even go this far. I'm not, I'm not even going to tell you. You can see the progression in, like, my old fight tapes and training tapes and videos to the point where I'm not going to say, that, okay, look. I think the bow and arrow was invented in many different places could be at the same time by people that had no contact with each other, that it's just something that's like the light turns on and it click and Oh yeah, let's do it like this. Mm -hmm. But I'm not kidding you. I was one of the first guys, the first guys to train and fight with board shorts on. (laughs) They were no fear brand board shorts and they were a heavy satin. And I thought that those were the things that were going to be the ones that were going to be something to withstand the grips and then trying to manipulate your shorts. I In like the 1990 flash forward to like 97, 98, that's when that kind of took effect. Okay. Right in that time for, I was still also a no shirt, no shirt, no shirt. You train jujitsu with no shirt, Shorts and wrestling shoes. We wore wrestling shoes at Roy's school. Not because we were wrestlers, but because we wore wrestling shoes. Mm-hmm. It's just what we did. Right. Matt burn. I didn't train with knee pads for a while. And my knees would be so raw. Oh, my God. My knees were so <sighs> raw. 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 Okay, they would scab over. Uh-huh. right? And at the time, I had just got to the ship. And I lived on the top bunk. And I would rip the scabs climbing up to the top bunk oh. and my coveralls, my coveralls, the little like fuzzy parts would stick to the broken scab. And I'd have to pick the fucking broken, like dirty <laughs> cotton pieces, like from the lint from inside of your pocket out of my scabs from training. That's how bad that it was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, um, we're there with Roy. We we do our training. We do the leg locks. I come to, to this school. I put a few guys in leg locks. I train with them for a while. I have an okay experience, and I go back. But what I notice is they taught very little. Mm. And I noticed that not only did they teach very little, the students that there were learning were learning from each other either during pre-class or during the rolling. Hmm. And they would stop and they would watch the upper belt or they would watch the black belt like do a this to the guy. And they would be like, oh, try that. Or, you know, oh, hold your arm when the guy's trying to straighten it. Little tiny simple things that now we don't even consider. But that was information back then. Okay. There was no YouTube. Right. There was few, and I mean, count them on your hand, few videotape series. 
So on the ship, when we deploy, me and my buddies put our money together, and we bought the 11 tape Henzo Gracie series on VHS. And we watched them every day, and we bought mats in Singapore, and we trained every day. We were training on, on mattresses for a while, and then it went to the puzzle mats. We bought puzzle mats. The ship helped pay for them from MWR fund. And we like we're like, yeah, people can use them for sit-ups and stuff. And we're like, hell no, we're using these for jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's workout equipment. It, it'll help. It'll help. It totally was. So my friend and two of the three of the other SEAL guys were walking through Singapore in a rainstorm carrying these puzzle mats on their heads, right? I, I had to hear about that story that I wasn't there to help because I was stuck on the ship. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, for that rest of that deployment, we trained every day, hours and hours and hours and hours a day that if I wasn't working or on watch, I would be training because that's all they had to do. Mm-hmm. They'd have to do. What are you going to do? Okay. They're going to lift. Okay. Then they're going to do some jujitsu. Uh, then maybe they're going to clean guns and shoot later. I was like, oh, fix this, fix that. Have to go over here, have to stand watch, have to wake up. And then my friend would rip my curtains open at four o'clock in the morning and be like, dude, get up. What are you doing? Let's go work out. Ah, I just got, I just, ah, ah, ah. and I got to put in a full day. You know what I mean? And, and um, it worked out. You know what I mean? I, it was a strange situation that catapulted my training as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it really um, uh, shaped the style of jujitsu that I currently use the way that I train, the way that I teach, and the way that I share information. Um, we train like crazy people, and we are trying to, like, let's see if it works. Mm. And let me see if I can still punch you in the face when that happens. Right. And it has positives, and it also has some limitations, because you do get punched in the face sometimes. And yeah. the thing does go crunch a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, shit, I think this time I'm really hurt. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's um it was interesting because it helped me for mma it helped me for mma because my friends at the time were really focused on hurting the other person if they were on top so it helped me to like learn to position my face learn to hold the head and arms and the triceps and the elbows in certain ways to maintain a safe position to also um be mindful of the person trying to smash you in their head with their head and things like that that really make a significant difference even to the point that you don't see them in current MMA because there are rules against them. Right. And I'm not going to say that like, we train no rules in combat and reality. Look, all we did was try to really jack each other up and see if the stuff really worked. And we came up with a bunch of ways to try to test it. And some of the stuff is helpful and some of the stuff, you know, it's less than helpful and you go crunch. <laughs> so, so um, that really shaped me. Having um, all that time bunched into a short chronological time was also very unique. Yeah. Because when else in your life do you have so much, say, quote unquote, free time, right? That all you do all day, every day is work out. You right. know what I mean? Do you, are you a trust fund baby? Are you homeless? You know what I mean? Are you in prison? Like, what is the, when, when does that shit happen? And it was really unique to get the advantage of that. So in 95, I got out 
as I had said, my, my martial arts school dissolved that I was training at <clears throat> and a few different offshoot places went and I went to one of them and I started teaching and introducing them to jujitsu okay. in 95. I started teaching no gi jujitsu. I didn't even call it jujitsu. I just called it grappling. I didn't even call it submission grappling. It was just grappling. Okay. Grappling with strikes, grappling without strikes. Sometimes I would tell people, look, I want to take strikes and just put it on the shelf for a few minutes just so I can talk about and demonstrate what we're doing. Because the moment you start showing sometimes some people, the instant like crackhead addiction comes to them and they're like, what if I do this? How about if I do that? Yeah. Like, okay, just hold on. Just a second. Just slow down, Turbo. <laughs> just, 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 let me just talk about this for a moment, right? Right. And and just get the idea of what we're supposed to do. That's all. So I start teaching, and um, it was kind of interesting to run classes. And you know, one of the things I did at the end of my term in the Navy is on that deployment, me and my friend we would talk about opening up a martial arts school someday, you know, like what would you do? And just like the idea, Oh shoot, we need to have this done and that done. And there's has to be cleaning products and that, you know what I'm mean? just we're Like I tell people that being on that kind of weird deployment is like the only honorable way to really spend time in prison because yeah. we couldn't go for a walk. You can't go make a sandwich. You can't make a phone call. You know what I mean? Like you're in the middle of the ocean, you're in prison, yeah. right? You're yeah. out there. That's it. So there we are on the yard, right? You know, walking around the flight deck, you know what I mean? And then there we are training in the weight room or, you know, in the gym area or the, the well deck where we have the mats, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. And that's their existence and, um, and mine. So we would plan, Hey, what about this? What about that? So I get out, this guy that I know opens up this gym. It's one of the offshoots of the places that I went. A bunch of the instructors migrated over. It was close to my house. My dad also went there as well as trained at that, you know, one school during in, in the area. And um, I just continued to now meet people and meet students and develop my own um, proficiency at jujitsu while I maintained a, uh, I don't know, monthly at minimum but every few weeks two to three weeks i would train and spend a lot of time with roy harris okay so i would go back and forth from la to san diego and he would come back and forth from san diego to la and and teach at my school i started hosting um nogi tournaments in 1997 1998 mm. inner school tournaments right it, this tournaments of the jujitsu people in the area Right. When I in the San Fernando Valley, when I started teaching jujitsu, there was myself, D'Artagnan, the Machado brothers and Gokor. Those oh. are the only people that taught jujitsu in a 20 mile radius. Wow. Very, very so. far. Yeah. Very far. A few in between. Right. That was it. That was it. No one else taught jujitsu. Now there's probably, I don't know, a hundred schools or more in yeah. the valley. Yeah. At least in that same area. And and it's funny because probably none of them ever even heard of me. But we were the ones having these nogi tournaments. So I had a students, I had a few students that had trained maybe six months at this time. I'd been teaching now fast forward to let's say 98 97 98 and 
schools are having um, <sighs> visitors. People don't want you to teach jujitsu. People don't want you to call it jujitsu. You know, some jujitsu schools would send people out to see if the person teaching any there was any good. That dojo storming, that's real. That's real. That happened. You know, it wouldn't necessarily have like some crazy takeover, but every now and then some dude would roll up. Right. It's just what happened. You know, they weren't always nice to me at other places. Um, it was an interesting experience. So I maintained my relationship with uh, Roy and trained and trained with him up through Black Belt. Um, I trained throughout the time with Roy periodically with Master Joe. And I trained with Master Joe and he was the one that taught Roy and really shared a lot of the concepts and the principles and the game and the specific techniques with Roy. And uh, around 2009, I started training with Master Joe because of distance and just a number of availability reasons with my yeah. career and with them. Um, and I've been training pretty much ever since just with Master Joe nice. and, and other people. I have other, you know, friends around other different organizations that, you know, after doing this for so long, this is my 29th year as of last September. Okay. Um, so... I meet a lot of people. I make friends with a lot of people all over town. And I could say that that's also the coolest part. There's like three cool things about being a black belt. Okay. Um, usually at most places, they're inviting, especially when you tell them your history and how long you've been doing it. Yeah. It's usually an open door to, to train. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's fun. That's cool. It's cool to meet people. I don't really subscribe to the whole competition jujitsu thing because it like factionalizes everything. And then just simply for doing it, they don't seem to like like you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I do jujitsu too. Why can't it just be cool? You know what I mean? Like, right. Like we, we, we share the same common. We share a common ground. Like why can't we just you know be peaceful about this? Right. Or be fun. Like yeah. it's not fun. Like, it's like what's, fun. what's up? <laughs> you know, and you gotta not like them or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because somebody beat somebody and somebody's something or what? I don't know, dude. Like I've been doing this a long ass time and it's really irrelevant. Right. <laughs> so that's the first cool thing. All right. The second cool thing is that um, I don't have to train with the dirty gee guy. I don't have to train with the dirty gee guy. I'm a black belt. I've been doing this 29 years. <laughs> I don't need to train with you. I'm good. You can train with them. That's, that's cool. I, dirty gee guy, I don't train with. So all dirty gee guys in the world, beware. <laughs> You're not going to get to roll with me. <laughs> 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 all right all right and and then the last the cool fight the last final thing is that the the chances of me getting kicked in the head um uh when i'm rolling because some other reckless people are, are nearby lower because i can say hey hey you too go that way move over yeah <laughs> that's the coolest part about being alive. <laughs> it's just that that position of power is that's all that is. <laughs> you guys Go over there Wait, more. Right. You, you, Train go, more. go. <laughs> so that's it. Very few times do I, you know what I mean, give Matt space to be like, hey, hey, you guys are crazy and I almost got kicked in the face. You can train over there. <laughs> it is it's funny because, you know, I you know, I just got my uh my brown belt and uh beginning. Congratulations. Thank, solid. thank you. But one thing in particular, like, you know, the guys at the gym, we're all close and everything. So We'll be working and rolling, and we'll get close and be like, hey, 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 move over there. 
<laughs> and he's like, man, what? I'm like, I'm pulling rank. Go over there. Move over there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I, it's man, it's funny, but it's it's just it's so fun to do. But it's like you know, it's all in good fun, right? But um, so so I'll just make sure I understand you. So you got your black belt from Master Joe, or did you get it from Roy? You know, it's is interesting. I um and kind of cool. Okay. Uh, uh, October 13, 2007, I got a black belt from Roy Harris. Okay. And after that, Master Joe gave me a black belt. Mm. And he continues to give me stripes. But also what is very cool is that Grandmaster Mansoor also recognizes me and has given me a black belt certificate. Nice. That's just like my instructor, you know, Zachary Holston. Yeah. Same, you know, same thing, you know, with, you know, Master Joe and Grandmaster Mansoor. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so going back to, um, like, you know, uh, Master Joe Moera, wonderful yes. guy, you know, got to roll, you know, got to work with him, you know, when he came to do seminars and everything else like that. But what was it like meeting him, like, for that, like, for the first time? Uh, it was interesting because <clears throat> it was, it was so long ago, but it was interesting because we heard so much about him from Roy and, you know, heard about like the way he moves and what he, the way he taught. And it was, um, it was something that really brought home the concept of like, it's about body positioning. It's not about putting the guy into something. Mm -hmm. And if you really understand how to position your body, then the person won't be able to put you into something. Yeah. It's a huge deal. So having him really break down that aspect of it and share those parts of it, not just some move, not just some lock, not just some new twisting, flipping ridiculousness, but to really understand that this man knows how the body works, how motion works, how placement works, how sequence works. It was able to transfer those specific things to my mindset, and that was huge. Right. Yeah. So when I first met him, um, this was when my instructor was, yeah, when you know when my instructor was getting his black belt. So um, I was still a I was still a white belt at the time. I think maybe oh maybe like one or two stripes I think, and we were talking about it, and he's like, yeah, you know. Um, you know, my instructor's coming, you know, the black, my black belt test, yada, yada, yada. And he says, let me tell you something about, you know, Joe. So he's going over like, you know, a little quick brief history. He's like, you know, he came from over, you know, he came here, he taught himself English and all this, you know, other stuff. So he's like, he talks like that too. So I'm like, all right, cool. So, um, the day comes, um, you know, I meet him thick, thick, thick accent very you know low like that low strong voice <laughs> and it was so crazy is like no matter the fact that yeah you can t you know he taught himself english but you understand everything he's saying yeah and it's so weird because you know i was told that like hey this is this this is this and that and then this you know as time goes on you know we get new students in and you know 
you know, our, uh, Zach will be like, hey, we got Master Joe coming, blah, blah, blah. So people who do know or don't know be like, oh, that's cool, yada, yada, yada. And then we break it down to him too. They was like, oh, what is it like meeting Master Joe? I was like, listen, all you need to do is just listen carefully. I was like, he, you know, he taught himself English, but he's an amazing guy and you will understand everything he said. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's the best way I can explain it. But like, yeah, it's you and... When it comes to him and, and, you know, the system that we follow under him, it's so amazing. Even today, it's like he's still breaking down the simplest techniques. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we've been doing these snakes, following these rules and principles since we started jujitsu. Like, you know, we started our training to now. And he's, and it's still something new or we like a small, tiny detail that we've missed for so it's long. Deep. And it's like what like even as a brown belt you know yeah. watching his videos that he posts on uh social media and it's like yeah. what is this or my instructor sent us something like look at this like you know look what joe sent or look what joe just you know was going over and you know someone noticed and blah 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 and we like that's amazing like that you is know, crazy absolutely the the knowledge and the understanding is incredibly deep yeah incredibly deep yeah you know, there's a few things I, I crack up because I kind of I cringe in a way when I know that there's a lot of people that have never trained with him before in a room that he's teaching at because mm-hmm. more than anything, they don't speak Joe. Yeah, you have to speak Joe. You, have to, like, speak Joe. <laughs> you have to speak Joe. And I said that they're, you know, they're not going to be able to get as much of the awesomeness out of it as I hope they can. So sometimes I jump in and I say, here's what, you know what I mean? He just said, and they're like, Oh yeah. speak Joe, <laughs> Because there's some English words he uses and there's some Portuguese words he uses that he adds into the same sentence. Yeah. And there's sometimes he repeats the word or says something. And I know certain words also mean certain things that Joe says. Mm-hmm. So I know what exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> I speak Joe. Like, yeah, you have to, you have to speak Joe. And yes. we, I have a, a couple other, um, you know, uh, Mawara affiliates that, you know, come up in the podcast. And I'm going to ask them like, how, like how long did it take you to learn how to speak Joe? Yes. <laughs> Joe. Like how do you, like how, how long did it take you to learn how to speak Joe? But yeah, man, it's, it's funny. Cause yeah, we tell people like, yeah, this is how you talk, but just listen. Just pay attention, focus, and listen. That's and- true. It really, if you do, you can understand. And even though, like, if you only listen, you can skip over the words that you don't understand and put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. But see, I know more of Joe's specific language words, so it's easier for me to put those together. I put them together. I still have to calculate them. Yeah. No, I'm not lying to you. You know what I mean? I still have to calculate them, but I know exactly and more of what he's saying. And then I understand him. I have an ear for him. Mm-hmm. And I know that also the jujitsu situation. Right. So it adds extra. Right. And, you know, I was, you know, I was, you know, benefit, uh, uh, you know, I had the privilege of, you know, being there when my instructor got his uh, black belt, you know, early in my jujitsu journey. So we got a chance to sit down and talk and just, you know, just, vibe you know vibe out with him and yeah so i got a chance to like really hear him talk and then you know he came back you know i think was a blue belt this time and he was with grandmaster Mansoor, which was another 
mind-blowing experience meeting Grandmaster because, you know, you know, our instructor was telling, you know, telling us about it. He's like, yeah, we're going to bring out Grandmaster. We're going to bring out Master Joe, blah, blah, blah. And you see Grandmaster Mansoor. He was in, a, like, sweats, like a, a, a varsity hoodie and, I mean, not a hoodie, like a sweater and some sweats. Hunched uh-huh. over, you know, walking slow. And, you know, we meet, and, I know, you know, uh, Zach introduced us and everything. He's like, oh, you can go in my office and change. And it's some, like, when he put on that gi and he tied that belt, he was a totally different person. <laughs> like, a, like, a totally, like, a totally different person. And... I'm, you know, you know, he's going over, you know, his, um, his seminar and I'm just in shock and awe that the guy of this age was moving like this for one. Uh huh. Cause you, I'm like, this is unbelievable to me. Like you, you don't see this often. And there was one point where he, um, was going over a knee bar from, from guard. And he was like, you know, he don't know nobody's name, so he's calling like belt ranks, blue belt, come yeah. here. And you just jump up and run over there. So, yeah. you know, I get up and, you know, he's in my guard. He's explaining, explaining, explaining. And I'm just soaking in the knowledge. I'm soaking it in because it's like, I'm still, un- like, I'm still like starstruck that, like, how is this, how is this guy, how is this old guy doing this? Uh-huh. So <laughs> he, you know, he's going over the technique. He leans in, hops up to his knees, fall back to the, to the leg lock, right? Uh huh. Keep in mind, I'm the Uki. Yeah. And, you know, people who don't know what an Uki is, that's the person who's demonstrating with the person who's, you know, showing the technique. Um, He falls back into this leg lock. And I'm like, oh, that was so crazy. Wait, why is my knee burning? Oh, snap. <laughs> and <laughs> so, wait, why is my knee burning? I was like, wait, why is my knee burning? I was like, oh, snap. I'm, I'm in the technique. So I, I'm tapping. It wasn't like he had it locked in. Like, you yeah. know, tight, but it was just like, oh, wait, let me, you know, let me let, let this go. And, you know, I still have knee problems a little bit to this day, but. You were still, I, yeah, you were so mesmerized. I was so, was yeah. Happening. And I wear it as a badge of honor. Like, <laughs> I didn't even realize what happened. I'm just starstruck that this dude, he, this old guy just hops up to his feet with ease, yeah. falls back. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Wait, wait now a minute, he, but. <laughs> he, he, um, to speak on that, you know. He holds, he holds the title for me. I've seen a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. My, f- f- I've been training for 48 years. Wow. Actively. Okay. Yeah. And he holds the title of the coolest martial arts thing I've ever seen. Mm, I believe it. I believe okay? it. The second coolest martial arts thing I've ever seen was videotaped that my friend Burton Richardson showed me of Tatong Illustrissimo doing sticks in the Philippines. And he was doing a sword like lesson with him and a stick lesson with him that he had videotaped. And to watch that guy move was just amazing. And it was probably something that we won't see much of because they were all super secretive back there. And Burton just showed me on his, his laptop. He doesn't, he's ne- I've never seen him post a video or anything like that. And they get all really weird about permission and things like that. So anyway, yeah. I don't know how much that will ever be seen, but something similar is anything that you look up to Tong Illustrissimo working. There's videos on YouTube. It was amazing. The video that I saw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now flash forward. It was like the first or second time that Grandmaster Monsoor had been up here in Orange County. Mm-hmm. And I watched him lay on his side 
and he said something and he talked about the story of the Sidewinder Snake. Sidewinder Snake. And when he did Sidewinder Snake, I'm not kidding you. And I wasn't videotaping. And I would, that's like one of my third biggest regrets in my whole life, right? Uh-huh. Is that I wasn't videoing that time with my phone. And I often do. So I watched him travel probably about 10 or 12 feet. Like in the blink of an eye. Yes. Amazingly coordinated, perfectly smooth. And I went, oh my God, that yeah. would be impossible to hold on to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, at that moment, in that time, in that circumstance, I I literally was like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that right there. And there was one point in the um in the seminar, he was talking about like grips and everything else. So you know, mm-hmm. he sits he's sitting on the um sitting on the mats. He has you know his his hands in the uh you know the C grip. Yeah. And he we had like six guys. Not yeah. small guys, you know, grab each, you know, three guys on each arm and they're pulling. And right. he's sitting there. He's like, come on. You know, he's like, pull. And they're pulling. And it's, I'm, I'm looking like, okay, they're not actually putting, pulling him, his arms. Like they can't be. I'm looking over. The guy is sweating at this point, like trying <laughs> to break. The, they're, they're pulling so hard to break his grip, but they couldn't. And I'm just like that moment. I was like. I hope and pray that I'm able to get to that level of like jujitsu at that age where it's like you, you you're still doing stuff that you know people half or you know half your age or even more can't even fathom doing. Right. But you're up here and you know I, I can't remember how old he is um now but just you know just at that point it was like man that's so amazing. Yeah, he's and, in his eighties for sure. Yeah, and it's like, and you're moving like you're twenty. Yeah, and the, and like the the jo- the joy and excitement from his face. Yeah, when he talks about it, and it's like, man, I I hope I never lose that spark when it comes to jujitsu, and you know, further along in my journey, you know, Lord, forbid, you know, Lord Grant, I make it to those seventy to eighties, and someone say. Um, you know, XYZ Jiu Jitsu in my face, like, oh yeah, we can talk about this all day. Let's go. You know. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, to definitely. speak on that, Grandmaster Mansoor in, in general, one of the things that he talks about, and I, you know, I try to also advocate for this. Mm-hmm. He says, <clears throat> I get stronger at jujitsu doing jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I do jujitsu exercises to yep. get stronger at doing jujitsu. Yep. I you know, that's that's key. And he pops up. It's because he practices that shit. Mm-hmm. It matters. He's, he does What are you doing? What are you, what are you, why are you jumping jacks? You tra- you trained to fly? <laughs> no. Get, get on the ground and move some snakes around. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know that the, the snake movements are basically footwork for the ground. Mm-hmm. They don't look at it like that. Nope. And that kind of was something that I was touching on in my class this last Wednesday that, um, you know, I tell people, you know, you should watch the Tom and Jerry cartoons, right? And then there's like a dead guy and he has a little chalk line, right? Mm-hmm. Outlines the body. And I tell people that you're dead if you stay inside the chalk line. So you got to move, not just move wildly, not just move randomly, but you've got to get out of the chalk line. Right. Whether it's directing your opponent's weight to the side, whether it's just moving out from underneath them, whether it's positioning yourself so you can get into a position to make a fight. That that's what makes the biggest difference. 
And if you are training to where you're all bunched up, you don't necessarily also take the liberty of making either distance or placement difference with you and your opponent. Right. So it's key to not let that go and key to not train in an overcrowded place and key to have those mindsets of moving yourself out from under him through placement and see how much that changes the situation of whatever's going on, especially from being on the bottom. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's something that, uh, you know, we try to, you know, get to get through to our, you know, students that we, you know, we have come in like, you know, white belts and, you know, me being an assistant instructor it's it's been drilled in my head. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, they was like, oh man, you know, I, I get stuck in this position or, you know, how are you, how am I able to do this? Or I want to learn how to do this. And we, you know, the thing we always go back to is you have to follow your principles. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to, you have to learn how to snake. They're like, hey man, you know, can you teach me how to do an X, Y, Z? Or you can you teach me this, this, this? You have to learn how to move first. You got to learn how to move first. You have to learn how to move first. You have to understand how your body works. You have to, you know, you have to think of this as a new language because mm-hmm. you're not used to moving on the ground. Yes. You know, when was the last time you like got down on the ground and just crawled? Right. Or army crawled or, you know, or scooted, you know. Yes. You haven't. You get up, you walk and you sit down. Yeah, exactly. We, we what we do, we we crawl, we roll, we twist, we turn, we you know, we move. Yes. You know, we move so crazily when people come in and see it, it's like, man, I can't do that. Like, well, yeah, at one point I couldn't either. But <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I didn't right. just, I didn't just wake up and learn how to, you know, shift my shoulders like this and be able to, you know, walk across the mat or be able to move my hands and feet uh, you know, a certain way at the same time to reestablish guard or whatever like this stuff takes time and it takes practice yes but yeah you have to learn your basics and like you said get you know get out of that chalk line get your guard you know get your opponent off center you gotta follow your rules you gotta use your snakes no matter what technique we go over those those main principles still apply yes so like i can teach you how to do an elbow knee escape but if you flat on your back you can't do it Right. So everything's going to be harder. Yeah. Everything's going to be hard. Like at that point, you're fighting gravity. You're fighting your opponent's weight. You don't want to do all that. So exactly. Like, you know, like, like I, I like my instructor, he, you know, he drills that in my head and he says a lot. He's like, I'm old. I ain't got time for doing all that movement. I'm going to move. You know, I'm going to, you know, we're going to do this, do that, move, learn how to do this. And, you know, your jujitsu is going to work. But, but definitely. But um, yeah. So I, that's that's pretty much our hour, man. I I really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, myself too. It's good to to hear you guys doing the same principles. I said that Master Joe makes clones. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, here's one thing I want you to take away from this. Oh, yeah, this I, would is, say, this... I would say if there's anything else, else you want to add or you want to promote or shout out, plug, is, you know, by all means, the floor is still yours. Check this out. Yes. You said something that I actually change people's perspective with. Okay. You said that you have to learn the basics, mm-hmm. right? And I don't use the term basic. Now, okay. here's why. Be, I don't use the term basic because the newer people 
they always will feel that there's a time that they will be able to surpass that. Hmm. So what I tell them is this is fundamental. You're going to build on it from white to black belt. You're still going to, it's always going to work. It's always going to be effective mm -hmm. and it's only going to get better. But when they have a mindset of like, oh, well, it's basic. Well, I mean, I should be doing some advanced stuff by now. They're like, that's why you can do those other things and have more coordination and have more sequence movements and have more controlled action because you understand these fundamental things. That's it. Oh, well, uh, I'll definitely take that in uh, consideration. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah. I, you know, I teach Wednesday nights. I'm going to add a Sunday night, um, you know, at this small Aikido school in Northridge. Mm -hmm. Um, I travel around, I teach seminars all over. Um, occasionally I'm in Battle Creek or Detroit, you know, once a year. Um, I travel down to Key West and do some seminars down there. Um, so it, it's going to be really cool. Yeah, we're in Oak Park, Oak Park, Michigan. So when you were there, in that area, yeah, we would definitely love to have you uh, have you come come by to school. That's awesome. <clears throat> All right. So that's the end of today's episode. I would like to thank uh, our guest again, Louie, for coming and sharing such amazing stories with us today. Um, <clears throat> so if you in, you know, if you enjoyed the show, please go uh, follow the Facebook and Instagram page so you can stay up to date on our future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jitsu. Have a great day. Awesome. Thank you. And little by little, I'm going to gain some interest and just have people. It's more just for me because it's something that I enjoy, you know? Oh, so you, so you, take just, my kids so you just opened your school? This one, yeah. This one. I've taught it many places for a long, long time, but mm. this is still new, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Like I said, I rent a space. I just rent the space from this lady that, you know, owns this Aikido Dojo. And she has some other things that go on there. And, and all of those have a, you know, open time frame. So I just take advantage of that in the space. It's really nice. It's where I've, I don't you saw the last video. It's where I've been shooting my videos from. Yeah, I've been, I've been watching those a lot. <laughs> I've been watching those a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, try to do some fundamental stuff. I'm going to, you know, really kind of break down and break into um the mount mount escapes um what really matters with the mount escape mm -hmm. you know what one of the biggest things that i tell people that they don't realize before that is that uh your arm position dictates to me being smaller what type of escape you're going to use right on your opponent my your opponent's arm position it's not i i see people around purple brown blue belt they say i have my go-to escape this is my go-to escape and that's instantly when I know that they don't understand. They're just proficient at a few things and they're going to try the one they're best at. Right. Mm -hmm. but that's, yeah. That's cool. That is very cool. <laughs> All right. Um, it was great talking to you. And, and anytime that you want to have me back, feel free. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. This won't be the this won't be the last time. I'm hoping to get at least majority of the people who I interviewed to come back on later episodes. But yeah, definitely. Awesome. All right. Well, you have a good day and um, stay in touch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Bye. Bye.